Welcome to Gaming Dad 101, the show where gamers became dads and now we're looking for cheat codes. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and joining me is Brian. What's up, guys? So what's going on, guys? Welcome to episode number four. We're on the fourth... One month. One month of a Gaming Dad 101 officially. So, so how are you feeling, Brian? How, how are you liking the show? How, how are you liking the groove? I feel good. You feel good? The performance that I did the last time I expect from myself every time we record. Yeah. And, and you gave it 110%. And you gave it 110%. And it's a group effort. And, yeah. and now I'm going to Disneyland. Yeah. Or world. <laughs> Which one is it? Florida? Seriously? I You've lived in Florida I for how long? I don't know, man. Mm. I've gone like eight times. World. World. Got it. <laughs> anyway. So... On today's episode, we're going to be covering a lot of news. It's actually a pretty news-heavy week, which is kind of funny, because last week was kind of a news week. It was dry. Week, but, you know, it was a little bit dry, but apparently we got a lot to talk about this week. Now it's moist. We actually have both a gaming topic and a parenting topic, and of course, we always end the show with cheat code number four. Number four. So, we're going to start today, let's start with what we're playing, as usual, because I know that there's a lot of repeats. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go first, because mine's going to be short. So... I'm still, I, I have not played Assassins, and I've put Mario down, because I'm getting close to finishing South Park, so mm-hmm. I'm trying to put all my energy into finishing that. However, I did play a game uh, with one of our mutual friends, Ray, uh, called Hidden Agenda. It's part of the PlayLink series that PlayStation is doing. Are you familiar with that? Only vaguely. <clears throat> Alright, so the Play series, the PlayLink series is essentially these games that everybody that goes to your house can play. All they need to do is download the app, and through the app, they yes. use their phone to participate. So this particular game, Hidden Agenda, the way you play is everybody makes choices. So everybody has their own phone, everybody has their own controller, essentially. And it's essentially a murder mystery, where you're trying to solve who the serial killer is, and whatever actions you're going to take. You're a police officer, uh, for the most part, in the story, you're a police officer. And everything is based on your decisions, and your defi- decisions affect the story it's and how it progresses. Yeah, kind of, to an extent. It's um, It also reminds me of things like Heavy Rain um, and things of that nature, where, the where choices your choices exactly okay. affect the outcome. Nice. So there's many mutations depending on what you choose to do and what you don't. Um, the game itself every now and then will say, okay, which one of you is the most understanding? And then what it'll do is it'll put that person that everybody votes on. And it's of course a majority win. It'll put that person in charge of a specific decision mm. later on. So conversely, y'all could have a secret deal going on. We're like, Hey, let's make Ray make all the decisions. <clears throat> kind of. Yeah. And at the same time, you could also take away decisions by completing challenges and things of that nature, you get um, these cards where you can actually just block everybody out and none of their decisions will matter and you are the one who makes that decision. But that's a consumable. So essentially, as you use it, of course, you need to gain more to be able to do so again. And what it boils down to is you want to make the best decisions as a group to get to the outcome of the story. The sad part is you would think that something interesting would happen if you're tied like, you know, if you have four people and two go one way, two go the other way. Yeah, no, it just sits there until you make a choice or someone changes their mind. Mm. However, we played it, I want to say, for about an hour and a half, two hours. So I didn't get too deep into it, but I like it, dude. I like this entire PlayLink series. There's another game called That's You that's very similar where you, again, download the app. You play for your phone, uh, through your phone, and this is more of a... This is more of a trivia, trivia game to play with your friends, and it's kind of, okay, which one of you is the most adventurous? And everybody votes on who that is, and it kind of goes in that direction. Um, 
it's a great party game. It it's definitely not a game to play by yourself. I think if you play it by yourself, it might be a little it's too boring. boring. It's po- I mean, it's possible that you may enjoy it. The story it's, in itself was fairly interesting to begin with. You're trying to solve a murder. Depending on what choices you make, you either arrest somebody right away that you think is the murder, who turns out maybe may not be the murder, or you kill that person, and then I don't know where that tree goes because that's not the decision that we made. We chose to keep him alive. You know, to bring him in alive. So, <laughs> dude, I, good in two shoes. Nah, what happens, man? I would have murked him. So it looked like you did it. You getting it now? Yeah, <laughs> and then you find out he's innocent, and you feel like a jerk. Like, oh, now I'm the murderer! Surprise! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know that'd be awesome if the game ended that way. But anyway, if you haven't checked out that game, go check it out. And again, with the PlayStation Play Link games, um, so far those are a lot of fun, especially in like a party setting. And that kind of like. Lends to the evolution of uh, board games, things like that. Because you know, you have some, not everybody, but a lot of people had like the family game night where you got Monopoly or Scrabble or something out and played. And now instead yeah. of having the board game, and me personally, I prefer this option because yeah. you don't have to clean up after yourself. This is true, especially when you play Monopoly and you have a sore loser that's going to flip the table when they lose. Now I'm not, not going to mention any names. I'm not going to say who did it. I know that somebody out there has done it. I know somebody in my family has done it, and I'm watching you, and, uh, and I'm. Calling you out without calling you out, but you know who you is. It's a Jarek. It's Jarek, isn't it? It ain't Jarek. Oh, it's no, not Jarek? It's not Jarek. Oh, it, ooh. <laughs> <The> <laughs> Makes plot chickens. I know, right? Ooh. Anyway, so what have you been playing, then? Uh, well. So my brain just turned off. <laughs> <laughs> You've been playing so much that your brain I, just shut off. So I was playing Pokemon Sun still, loving it. I think it's probably my favorite line of Pokemon now is the Pokemon Sun and Moon. Okay. All that. The did features you, did you get it. very far in it? or uh, No, man. I've literally made every effort to just catch every Pokemon you possibly can catch in each area that I've gone to. Okay. I'm, I, I was like, you know what? It's been so long since I played Pokemon. Let me buy the guidebooks. And let me look at all the cool stuff I can catch while I'm on the way. You're drinking the Pokemon Kool-Aid, essentially. Yeah, I'm drinking the Pokemon Kool-Aid. Okay. And it's delicious. It's great flavored. Nice. But, um... Basically, there's there's a lot of different things you can collect. There's a lot of different spots you can go to. There's actually uh, a feature where certain areas have like this one spot where you can take pictures. And you use your Pokedex, you take a picture of a Pokemon, and it rates how good the picture is. And you build up points that way, and it upgrades the Pokedex. Now, I haven't read up to see like what you get if you get to a certain amount of points. Mm-hmm. Kind of hoping it's something neat. But if it's not, whatever. Watch it be like um, Breath of the Wild. Have you heard of Breath of the Wild? I mean, I've heard. Of Sorry, well, no, not, not not the game, but I, I figured you could read my mind. Yeah. Um, Breath of the Wild. They have the Kokorot seats. Oh yeah, the, you like have to collect nine hundred and nine hundred of them or something like that, or nine hundred ninety nine or whatever. And um, all you get is a golden one, but it looks like a golden turd. Nah. <laughs> That's all you get. It's got no use. It's, so it's just, just collected. It's just collected. decorative. It's just like, all right, cool. Wow. So, yeah, it's uh, kind of like that. Maybe it's just a... And I, you can actually like put them up to where like, people that, I guess, play you or whatever can see your pictures that you've taken. That's see pretty cool. cool ones. Just waiting to see like a legendary Pokemon and see if like 8 billion points or something crazy like that for that. And then, you know, like GameStop, the exchange rate just crap and you get like uh, five and I'm points. like, ah, oh, I got a uh, Premiere <laughs> Ball for it. Well, Yay. Um, what else have you been playing? Playing that, I went back to Shadow of War because I did play Assassin's Creed Origins finally. 
Interesting. Talk about Shadow of War first. Are you getting? Are you close? Are you done? Are you? No, I'm still doing more of the same. Just trying to make my war trees as strong as possible. Still liking it as much as you. Betrayal. Oh yeah, love it. I love it. I will play that hands down before I play Assassin's Creed again. Oh, okay. Well, since you with with that segue, let's let's go into Assassins then. So let's do this. Assassin's Creed Origins. Super stoked for it, right? I was like, oh, they did all these things to change it. Before we get too far, you're playing it on what system? Xbox, right? Xbox One. Okay. The only system. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you keep thinking that. Anyways. Spe- oh, and I'll say this. After our last episode, I got a, I got a, uh, a string of like 15 texts from a friend of mine named Rob. He's uh, for the Bits For You podcast. Mm. Shout out to Rob. 15, like 15 text messages agreeing and disagreeing with me about that topic. We can we, we should invite him on the show one day. That would be fun. A, Full discussion so on that whole thing. <laughs> Anyways. But we'll get to it later. Go ahead. Back to Assassin's Creed Origins. Super stoked. Ubisoft was like, oh, this is like the big revamp of this. We changed a bunch of stuff, and we made things cool. And when I opened it up and started playing it, I was like, yeah, all right, this is pretty cool. <coughs> Got a different inventory system. And, okay, the story kind of plays out the same way. What you guys don't see is that Brian is yeah. looking around the room for reasons to say that he kind of yeah. likes this game. So, basically what happened was is I was playing it. And I loved all the other Assassin's Creeds that I played, except for, like, Unity. And I didn't play Syndicate, unfortunately. Maybe I'll go back and play that someday. Maybe that could be a Let's Play. There's actually a lot of people that have skipped Syndicate just because of how bad Unity was. But they've said Syndicate is better than Unity. Yes, but a lot of people skipped it just because they were tired. For example, I'm one of those people. Uh, I'm one of those people that I never played Syndicate. And people (laughs) were like, oh, it's amazing. And I want to go back and check it out and give it a fair shot. But originally, I skipped it because of that. Because I was just tired. You know, you, you just don't like British accents. That's that that's exactly that's what exactly it is. why I didn't do I, it. I hate the British. They're <laughs> just their their food is too amazing. Their accents are awesome, and they're better looking than us. I'm really big on British food myself. Uh, but, hey, whatever. Anyways, yeah. moving on. So, so we I liked all the other Assassin's Creed. I liked the way they played to a certain extent, and then I played this one, and Ubisoft had it. I was like, ooh, it's a big like change from everything. And it didn't really feel like that for certain parts. Like the the you're even clunkier with the uh, parkour stuff. Like it feels it feels sluggish. Like it feels sluggish. That's the only now. Granted, you're an Egyptian popo who's supposed to be like it's called the Magi. Magi. He the police. Okay. (laughs) Let's get that straight. That's what he is. Okay. Except, excuse me, he's supposed to help people solve their problems. That's okay. how he touts it. Fair enough. But um, I get that he's supposed to be like all muscly and sinewy, so he's maybe not as agile as the other assassins. You know, I'd put him right there with like um, how they made Connor. Uh, no, Ezio in Revelations because okay. he was old. He was oh. older, so they made him a little more sluggish. He's kind of like that. So I can kind of get it, but the mechanics of doing it feel sluggish. Like there's parts where I'm like, "Come on, man! I can clear. I can see where the freaking hole where you can grab on the wall is, and I'm missing it." So yeah. he's just running up the, you know, the classic run up the wall and just fall right back down. Thing. Yeah, he's doing that because I'm. I guess there's like a sweet spot I'm not hitting. Hmm. Or something like that. I don't know if that's like a bug and there's an update somewhere. Please, Ubisoft. I don't. It is. No, I'll be honest with you. I haven't played the game yet. Again, because I'm stuck on Mario Odyssey and, and South Park. And like I said, I put Mario down to try to finish South Park because like, I feel like I'm right at the end. You know what I mean? So I, that I want to finish South Park and that way I can focus strictly on Mario. But 
it kind of contradicts everything that I've heard from like friends, um, you know, not and not even like people in media, like friends that do other shows or friends that have just played the game. The overall consensus has been the beginning of the game sucks. The beginning of the game is boring. The prologue takes like two hours. <clears throat> I think I in one case one. somebody said it took like three hours for them because they were going around and you know doing, doing everything the they could. Yeah, doing all the things that you know Ubisoft likes to make you do for no reason. Um, but they they were praising you know the mechanics and they were praising the you know the responsiveness. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering one if it's a system issue where it plays better on PlayStation versus Xbox or Xbox versus PlayStation, whether there are people having bugs and there needs to be a patch and it just hasn't come out as it's not as big of a problem as it's been in the past. So maybe we haven't heard too much about it or what the case might be, but I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised, dude. I thought it was going to be the game to get you. Yeah, I was pretty excited and it, it may be an Xbox thing. Maybe it may be a system, a console thing. Cause I think they got it for the PC as well. Yeah. I'm not sure. But, um, like for instance, there's chariots, and I literally had a dude stuck underneath my chariot where, like, it was lifted off the ground. The horses were still dragging me and the dude along. And it was, like, wow. jittering and all that. Uh, there was another point where I was stuck on a wall. Like, I couldn't jump off. Like, so, I was standing on the wall and couldn't jump off. So I off. feel a little bad for you that you're experiencing this. But congratulations. We got a scoop. We're, the first, we're one of the first podcasts to report issues. There you go. <laughs> I don't like the, like the Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> The that that turned me off a little bit, but I was like, you know what? That's the way most new games are now. There are bugs in a lot of these games because people yeah. kind of push them out too soon for whatever reason. I that's, don't think I, we need to give of, it that much of a pass, though. It, yeah. it just kind of sucks. But it's because I mean, like, I love Skyrim the Death, but holy crap, there were so many bugs. In that <laughs> oh game. yeah, really. I was so upset all the time. I remember there was one point in Skyrim where my game would freeze if I touched water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to get a patch because if you touch the water, something would happen to the memory, and there went your game. And I think like those kinds of games in the past, from like 2011 on, have really set like the defining like yeah, you gonna have some bugs <laughs> in your game. You just got to deal with it. They might patch it, they might not. Surprise! That's what Bethesda's infamous for is not really patching the bugs, letting their players Let sit patch for a little bit, and yeah, yeah, we'll see. Anyways. So, moving from the bugs, I think the main thing that turned me off is the way that the mechanics for fighting work. Really? Why? So I've, I have some feedback on this, possibly. You know how one of the nice things about a lot of games is that there's kind of that universal kind of control scheme where, like, you get it. So, yeah. like, it's easy to move from one game to the next. Yeah. It was, I was like, yeah, we know there's one, but eh, screw it. Let's just throw that out the window. Bye. You know, move on. So, for the Xbox, and I don't know what the buttons are for the PlayStation offhand. PlayStation is having the same issue. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and so we're there. I have feedback. I have feedback on that. So, the hugest thing for me is that, tell me why, for almost every Ain't other game. nothing but yeah. a uh, Anyways. <laughs> Tell me why just about every other game in the last decade with some kind of combat system uses X or that left button for yeah. light attack. Mm -hmm. Pretty much everyone, right? Like yeah. I don't I can't think of another game where you don't do that. Or like grenade, for instance, in like a shooter. Yeah. Or something. 
Tell me why they made that the freaking dodge button in Assassin's Creed. I'm here trying to fight these dudes, and I'm just... He's fast. When when he's fighting, he's fast. It's I cool because he'll like circle around somebody really quickly. But I, that's all I'm doing. I'm like, why the heck am I not? Oh, right. Because so, light attack is triggered. I've heard it compared to uh, Dark Souls. Oh, wait. Right attack the is... Controls, that the controls are similar to Dark Souls. That's what I've heard. And that they make no sense. However, I have news. good news for you and for anybody out there who listens. You can reset the configuration to classic Assassin's Creed control uh, scheme. I haven't found it. I, I looked and I have not found yeah. someone. If here's someone here's the good news, knows. it's there, it's there, so it yeah. exists. Okay. so there's hope. I hope because you I need to now find like, it. So now we found another <laughs> issue with the game. Yeah, it's hard to find the yeah, settings. Set, in settings, like I could not find the like the control scheme is like, oh, do you want to change the invert on your like? That's it. Like, what the heck? Where's the control scheme? Let me change this. Sorry I'm yelling, but this is so frustrating to me because there are some fights where I have just lost purely on the fact that I'm hitting X. It's okay. It's okay. Breathe. Attack. Breathe, Brian. Breathe. Yeah. Breathe. You're good. The, okay. the point is there's hope. There's hope. Uh, there's hope. There's maybe. Hope. Now, the other thing that flips me out is the leveling system for your enemies. There is a point in the game where you can be wandering around doing like every good hunter like me does and we'll be looking for the one random thing out in the middle of the desert that you get, you know, some kind of achievement or something for. Because that's what I do. And uh, you'll run across like a den of bad guys. You know, it could be like a bandit camp or grave robbers or something like that. And there's this little red skull above them on their name. Or whatever they are. I'm like, oh, so they're over-leveled, so this means it's going to be a hard fight. No, it doesn't mean it's going to be a hard fight. It means that you can't fight them. Reasonably. Within reason. Like, you could be a level 10, and you come across, like, a level 15 enemy. And whereas, if you were fighting a level 10 enemy, you would do, like, a couple hundred damage to their head and merc them if you shoot them in the head with a bow and arrow. You shoot one of these level 15 guys with a bow and arrow in the head, and it does, like, five damage to them. Really? While they do, like, insane amounts of damage to you while you're fighting them. I mean, like, it's stupid how much damage they do to you. I've died in two hits before to one guy that's level 15. and Or that's, like, several levels above me. And I get it where they're trying to make it so that you focus on certain areas of the game. And I get it where they want to make certain enemies challenging. Mm. But I haven't... There's not many games I've played in recent history where it forbids you from going... It, it punishes you for going out of the way to go look for things. And that's what this is... Essentially, for me, is what it's doing. Is If I go out and look for like all the little knickknacks early before I play the main story, it's punishing me for not doing the main story in the side quests. And there's quests that you can come across that you can't do until certain levels, but they're available and you don't even know it until you look in your quest thing. It's like, oh, recommended level level 20. I'm level 5 or something like that. Like, you can come across them and not be able to do them. You can go to bandit dance and stuff and not be able to do them simply because those characters are over-leveled. And I pride myself on being excellent with a bow and arrow in games. No. I know it's a weird thing to be proud of, but like Skyrim, that's that's the first thing that hits level 100. No, not really. I mean, when it comes down to it, when it comes to shooter games, I, I pride myself in being a sniper. You know Man. what I mean? And that's Which is very similar lines, when yeah. it comes to combat games to being a sniper doing arrows. So it makes sense. Um, 
of course, I mean, it's an open world game, so it, it would make sense for it to have some sort of level caps in areas, but yeah. it kind of sounds, and, and you're not the only one I've heard this from that complains about it, it kind of sounds like they could have done a better job at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it literally is like, Ubisoft, the heck, why are you going to make all these things that I can go to, or are you going to punish me for going to them? <clears throat> so, I mean, that it sounds... no sense to me. It's not, unfortunately, it sounds like you're, you're just not enjoying it. Are you going to keep playing it to see? No. You're gonna stop playing. Not if not unless I don't see myself playing this game unless somebody's like, bro, hang in there for now, one more hour. I, I will tell you. Where are you by? Did you finish the prologue? I finished the prologue. I'm in Alexandria. How long have you gone after I've the prologue? Just killed the snake. Okay. For anyone who knows, sadly, that means nothing to me since I again nope. I haven't played the game, so and I'm just basing it on played, what I've heard just from, from friends snake. and stuff. So, from my understanding, the prologue is the pain in the ass. Once you're done with that, things start to shape out. So my personal recommendation, give it a little bit longer before you call it quits. And, uh, and when I play it, I'm, I'm going playing it, you know, fully prepared for that. I don't think we should in, in, a, in a matter of games. Like, I kind of feel bad that they put that in, and I wish they wouldn't have. But I'm going to stick through it just to figure it out because, again... This is me giving them a shot again at Assassins and seeing how that goes. So, All right, so moving on from that, today we want to discuss, Brian wanted to bring in a topic of discussion uh, for today regarding games that we remember. And you came up with the discussion, so bring it in, man. The whole thing is games that we remember because remakes. I feel like in the last you know, couple of years, there's been a lot of times where people have brought the remakes. And it might just be like an HD convert from the old console to the new one like you get like the return to arkham series for batman uh you've got the last of us remastered there's a lot of games like that where they've just you know like hey let's bump up the graphics and put it on the new console okay great uh then you get like really old games that are coming back like the crash bandicoot series just had the insane trilogy come out which is selling is I think it's still a top seller even now for yeah, the system. It's done very well. It's, distru- it's freaking awesome. Apparently, I mean, I wouldn't know. I, I think it did better than a lot of people expected it to. Yeah, because it's it's a remake of not one, two, but three games all put together. <clears throat> but it's 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 phenomenally done from what I'm told. It's very seamless. The HD's great on it. It looks good, feels good, plays like the old game as well, which. I think a lot of companies ruin a remaster when they take yeah. a game, remaster it, and change stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I can get if they, like, add stuff to it, but changing the game itself removes the nostalgia factor from it. So, I wanted to bring up some games that, for instance, like, recently, Dragon's Dogma, we just talked about it, I think, yeah. on our first episode, got an HD remaster, and I loved it. I think it's great. And it's essentially the same game, it's just prettier. <clears throat> But there's games out there that I would love to see again. Just come back. and You, you know what game I've always wanted to console. see again, but I, I doubt that it'll ever come back? <clears throat> Mostly because I don't even know who holds the rights to it. Um, Eternal Darkness. Eternal Darkness. Eternal Darkness for the GameCube. That game... Pirate game, right? No, no, no. no. It's, a, it's a, more of an exploration game where you inherit your uncle's house i believe it is okay and you go around the home and you're finding these pages that take you back in time mm. and you're like living what's going on through ancestors very similar to assassin's creed in that regard however what happens is that you're living this you start to go insane and then come glitches 
So then eventually, at some point, you see the TV shuts off. The TV didn't shut off. It's a glitch in the game because you're going insane. There looks like there's a bug on the screen. There ain't no bug. It looks like... Oh, yeah. I remember, do you remember seeing that? this game being played. So that game. Because there now, were people that were like swatting their TV and messing it, it up. It's really funny that you mentioned this, too, because it's... I mean, of course, we can't record this on the day that the, uh, the show comes out. So Sir. this show comes out November 8th. We're recording today, November 7th. So next week, November 14th, Road Rage comes back. Oh, and yeah. I am so excited. I believe I mentioned that in the first episode. I am super excited about that game. Because yep. my parents never let me have it when I was a kid because it was too violent. And I'm a freaking adult now, and I can do it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm the way we're like, it's... Oh my God, Okami! I, I may back. have a little bit of angst in terms. Yes, of, of I feel that you're game. there. Okami's coming back, and I never got to play it because I didn't have a Wii. And now Dude, it's coming to all the big consoles. That game like, is yes, beautiful. Yes, it looks so good. But I can see your concern with games, for example, like Final Fantasy VII. Right now, there's a lot of people that are scared for the the remake of Final Fantasy VII because they seem like they're doing everything too different, and the game is going to be even longer. You know what I mean? Which I don't understand how that makes that already, like, any good, sense. Eighty hours, but even least. but even then, it's one of those cases where you mean to tell me you have to release it in sections when back in the day you could have re- whatever. Point is, nobody's buying it's a new it. Disc multi disc system. <laughs> exactly, nobody's buying it. You just want more money. Just be honest. And um, see, that was a game, and that is a concern. You know, but I mean. How long can we live on the nostalgia factor? I'm I'm one of those people. I want new IP. One of the biggest things I loved was to get a game like Horizon Zero Dawn this year. That game is a brand new IP. It has dominated the market. It's coming out with new DLC. Apparently, the DLC is amazing. I don't know too much about it because my wife stole my PlayStation when it came out, and she's the one who played it. But I can tell you this. My wife was hooked on that game for a month and a half, and she didn't stop until she platinumed that game. So, it's, you know what I mean? It's it's a great freaking game. And that is kind of what I miss. I miss the new. I miss discovering new things. Detroit Almost Human, the one coming out uh, next year. That game looks amazing. And it's a fairly new concept in that, you know, it's talking about a new storyline. However, it's still kind of the same thing as Heavy Rain. It's still, kind of, you know what I mean? The, the mechanics of the game and how you play the game is essentially the same. There's just not that much new. There's, I guess they're too afraid to put money into something new that won't sell. And I don't blame them for it, but I can still bitch about it. I can still wish that they would put out something new that's going to draw me in more. You know, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but there's only so many times that I can buy the same game. And you're right, because you look back. Oh, you look back at like a uh, game like Skyrim, where we had. Yo, you mean the one that's come out like 15 oh, times? Yeah, you got the original one. Then you got the Legendary Edition. Then you've got the HD remaster. Then you've got the one coming for the Switch, which you can play as Zelda, which is a new feature or Link. Excuse me, Link. Then you've got the VR for that. And then I'm sure there's going to be a collective bundle for that with the VR and all that because it's such a good game, but. I've, I've, Skyrim, the game I mean, that never stops giving. Yeah, I've, if y'all don't know yet, you gonna know. I love the Elder Scrolls. I love I it so much. I have the crest of Akatosh on my back in like a two foot by one foot tattoo. Yep, that's how much I love the stinking games. But I'm kind of over playing the same game 
for five years and all they're doing is remaking it diff- a little differently than the last time. But we go back to what we spoke of in, in I think two episodes before now, you know, you have to vote with your wallet. If you don't want it, don't get it. The problem is a lot of us, and I read this somewhere too, and this goes, you know, we come from the generation and you, you, you're toward the tail end of the generation, but we come from the generation that went from, you know, not having computers to having computers to having internet to now having cell phones that are basically every computer, you know, camera, phone, whatever the hell you need in the palm of your hand. We have seen so much evolution of technology that it kind of is the problem. We we miss the simpler days because things have changed so much in such a short amount of time. And they prey on that. So, I mean, you can't really blame it. But, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, don't get stuff that seems pointless. They're going to stop doing remakes if you stop buying them. Like, the only the only team I give an excuse to right now is Nintendo. Because Nintendo barely sold games through the Wii U because they barely sold consoles through the Wii U. So what are they doing? They're porting some Wii U games to the Switch so people can play them. That makes sense to me. You know what I mean? There are good games that came out for the Wii U that people never got to play. I never got to play Mario Kart 8. I own Mario Kart 8 now. And it's it's a freaking wonderful game. Um, there's been talking. There's been rumors for years. They still haven't announced anything. But for the love of God, Nintendo, please do it. Mario Maker. I'm dying for Mario Maker to come to the Switch. I'm sure that, you know, they need to figure it out because it was a two-screen system where you had a screen to look at and another one to build on, and I'm sure they'll figure it out, but bring that game over. You know what I mean? They're the only team that I currently give a pass to when it comes to that just because there's a lot of stuff I haven't seen, and and they know this. With that being said about remakes, let's look at some of the recently executed well ones that come out. First off, the big ones that happened this year and last year, Nintendo Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic. Okay. Now, why do I call those remakes? Is because it's literally a bunch of the old school, really bomb games all released all at once on a system that executes it well. Because the Super Nintendo Classic, I don't know who has it. I do. Mm-hmm. And I freaking love the thing. I don't get to play it a whole lot. You got your hands on an SNES? Yeah. Not for long. I gotta, yeah, it's... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you leave the house with my... Watch what happens. Anyways, it's well executed. It's all the games that I love. It's the systems that I love. And from those systems... But that's not a remake. That's more of a nostalgia item. You know what I mean? Because they didn't do anything to improve the games. I call it a remake because it improved the way that you can acquire those games. Because before, in recent times, you'd have to buy a Super Nintendo... You pray to God that Super Nintendo still works, which a lot of times they do because Nintendo makes bomb systems anyways. But besides the fact, then you have to hunt down the games that you want. And some of those games, like Legend of Mana, are really hard to find. And or really expensive. And or really expensive, like Gold Cartridge Zelda. Like, come on. (laughs) I I, I guess I I still wouldn't call it a remake. I'd call it a re-release. We'll call it a re-release. But still, it was done very well, except for the availability of the console. But they're they're working on that. It's getting better. Anyways, I feel like that was done really well. Uh, Draken's Dogma, done really well. Uh, You've got Crash Bandicoot, the Insane Trilogy, also done done really well. well. 
Um, there's a couple other ones like the HD remaster series of like The Last of Us, the Batman Arkham, all those games done very well. Now, the games that have done really well were also touched the least when they came out. Yeah. Like for Crash Bandicoot, they update the graphics and I think they changed a couple of little like camera issues and things like that and that's it. And it became an instant hit. Because it was still the game that you loved. It was just improved just enough to where it still felt like the game you loved. Uh, The Last of Us Remastered is the same way. It looks prettier. Now, there is a um, Shadow of the Colossus re-remake that's coming out. Uh, they're in development. And that one has... I've heard a lot of concern about that. That one has been concerned because they're changing a lot of stuff. Because they're changing it. And... That's that's a freaking cult classic of a game, like a powerhouse of it. Like if you love like the nostalgic games, you love Shadow of the Colossus and you love Ico. And they remade those for the PlayStation 3 and that was a great release. Like the games worked great, they looked great, but they still felt like the old games. Now you got something where they're like, "Oh yeah, we're just going to we're remaking the Shadow of the Colossus, but we're also remaking the Shadow of the Colossus." And that's concerning. Then you have like um those kinds of things. Uh, you have like Final Fantasy Seven yeah. that's gonna come at some freaking point. <laughs> <laughs> we hope. Initially, when they announced it, it was like, "Oh, they're just gonna HD remaster it," and like, "No, they're changing a lot." Yeah, and that's another game. So I guess the concern is, is like when you re-release a game that I love. Make sure that you still keep it the game that I love. That's right. Otherwise, Brian is going to come chase you down. I will find you. (laughs) Wait. Jay and Silent Bob. I will find you and I will kill you. Jay and Silent Bob style. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so moving on, we're going to go into the news. Um, There's there's a lot of things that I wanted to cover. Um, We're going to start with one that might make you a little sad, Brian. Uh, CCP Studios closed the Evocary VR studio. For the VR studio. Okay, not really, because the game looked cool, but man, VR and me do not like Dude, have, I love throw that up game all so over much. the place. I've pl- I have that game. Really? I have, Valkyrie? I have it, but I have it for my uh, Samsung Gear. Okay. Samsung Gear VR. Uh, so it's a little clunky because, again, I'm playing it it's off of my phone. phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, a lot of fun. It, if it had a smoother rate... Um, you know, coming from a, an actual system would probably be a lot better, but it's kind of sad, man. I I like the only reason that I see myself getting a VR is for experiences like that, where I want to play I want to play Ace Combat, I want to play Eve Valkyrie, I want to play um, No Man's Sky. Ooh, No Man's Sky, terrible game when it came out that did a lot of improvements. A lot of people have enjoyed it uh, as they've made improvements. But tell me that game wouldn't be beautiful through VR. Regardless of what you thought of the original game, that game would be beautiful through VR. So that's kind of where it gets me. But you know what? At least I know PlayStation is making a a big leap and they made a lot of announcements toward their VR. I know that Xbox is still out, you know, with whether they're going to enter the VR space or not. But VR is still moving forward, so there's still hope. So that that I do like. But, you know, I know how big a fan you are with CCP Studios with mm-hmm. their EVE Online and everything. Y'all don't know. I'm an internet spaceship captain as well as an awesome podcaster. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. Internet spaceships is a serious business. Look up <laughs> CCP. Look up EVE Online if you like MMOs. Yeah. So then 
The other thing I wanted to get into, especially because you may know a little more about it, is the GameStop six-month membership program. Yeah. See, I found that out about is, that this week. That is a very big thing. Oh, man, if I know about this program man. more than you do, that's going to be sad. You don't. Cause okay, I, good. I, I had to do All right, it. but give us the details. Anyways, uh, so it's pretty cool. It's a rental service. Yeah? It's a rental service. So... The thing about GameStop is it has that seven-day return policy on the pre-owned games that, you know, you can return for whatever reason within seven days. And 30 days if it's defective. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people would do is they would pick up a game, they'd play it the crap out of it over a weekend, and then return it and pick up another game. Guilty. And they would just, yeah, and they would just keep you know doing what I mean? that. I'll tell you right now, I was 17 years old. I did that six times with the use of three different GameStops. And I played seven different games because of it. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. And see, that's a great that's that's a great thing that GameStop does with that return policy. But unfortunately for them, for their their business model, I guess it yeah. it doesn't make them any money because literally someone's just recycling the same twenty bucks for over the course of a couple Basically. of weeks. So what they did, and this is actually a really good thing for gamers, is they've created this rental service. It's uh, I think it's I think it's sixty dollars. Sixty bucks for six months. Yeah, it's sixty bucks for six months. Uh, you have to have one of their pro memberships in order to get it. So, uh, but you don't see, have to be the pro membership know. owner. Okay. So you can get it as a gift for somebody. You just have to use your pro membership. But uh, what it is is you can pay the sixty bucks. So realistically, we're looking at if you're going to do it for the year, you're looking at a hundred and thirty something dollars. Because it's what, like fourteen, fifteen dollars for the pro it's membership. Bucks for the so pro. fifteen bucks. It's sixty bucks for six months. So one hundred and twenty plus fifteen, one hundred and thirty-five dollars a year. And you think if you divide that up, it's like oh no, dep- bucks if, if you change. get depending on how much you use it, it could be it, it could pay for itself. You know what I mean? Oh, it may be one hundred and thirty-five dollars, but if you're if you're renting out, you know, ten games or even you know fifteen games within that six-month period. It, you're more than paid for. Now, this is the cool thing about the service. So you get to pick out any pre-owned game. doesn't matter if it was you know, a new game that came out three days ago and someone just returned it or whatever. You get to pick it out. You play it for however long you want in that six months. When you're done with it, you bring it back, drop it off, pick up another one, lather, rinse, repeat. At the end of the six months, you get to pick <clears throat> one pre-owned game to keep. That's the part that I like the most about it's it. It's pretty sick. Because you actually get something out of it. Not Basically, only do you get to play these games, you actually get to keep something. Yeah, you get to test drive a bunch of games all at once and then pick out the one that you like, essentially. And that's going to help GameStop, for one, because now they're making a little more money off of that whole 20 bucks that people were recycling. But it helps the gamer out because now you can keep one of those games. You don't have to return it. Yep. And the other rinse would be. I think it's a phenomenal idea. Uh, business-wise, I don't know how it's going to affect GameStop's inventory. It might get a little loopy, but... Well, at the same time, that they now have a partnership with Amazon. So, Amazon... Oh, yeah, that's right, because of the Amazon Exactly. So, Amazon may be able to supply some in that regard. You never know. I don't know the the behind-the-scenes. This is just me trying to put two things together. You know what I mean? So, moving on, the next thing I want to talk about, PlayStation News. One of the biggest PlayStation News to have dropped, and at the same time, it's kind of sad... Um, PlayStation trophies now get you credit, Brian. Gross. PlayStation credits. Gross. You get credits for trophies, Brian. So, do, you, do your achievements do that, Brian? No, they don't. So, <laughs> Chris, how many times have you known me to watch you finish a game that I was playing 
and then me not finish it because I already saw the ending. Oh, like 10,000 times. 10, Almost every times. game. So then, of course, I don't get those achievements or trophies or whatever the heck you call them because of that. So now you got... So there, there's a little-known group in the gaming world. They're called completionists. Little-known group. Tiny. You know, yeah, no, I'm sure. There's, nobody knows them. But <laughs> for real... I'm not one of them, obviously, because I, I can't tell you how many games I haven't finished. It took me four years to finish Skyrim, but and the main campaign is no, not no, no, that no. long. No, it took you four years to finish Skyrim, and you only had one mission to do. <laughs> yeah, at like a month into playing like, I'm Skyrim, just gonna leave that alone. Um, but yeah, completionists. I like some of them. I like some of them are a little cocky, like oh, bro, I just. I just beat Dark Souls 3 in, like, two hours with only a, a pocket knife, you know? Like, I'm, yo, and I got all the achievements, cleared it. I'm like, that's good for you. Proud of you. <laughs> don't, <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't hate. I'm not hating on the fact that they completed a game. I'm Great job, man, because some of those games are a beast, especially like Dark Souls. But I don't like the whole bragging rights thing that goes along with it where they think that they have to tell me that, they beat the game and everything you possibly can do in it. Like, cool. Let me just let me just go mow my grass over here. And, and this just gives them more reason to. Yeah, and this gives them a reason. To be like, oh, bro, I just got all the trophies. I went platinum, and then I bought another game, and I did it in that one too. Well, let me put your mind at ease then, because the program is great, but it isn't that great, right? <laughs> so, here's the benefit from a PlayStation point of view. It's nice that our trophies are going to be worth something other than just a picture. You know what I mean? For a long time, I never really cared too much about trophies simply because, again, it's just a picture. And quite literally, the, the system takes a picture of when you got the trophy. Oh, so, you know what I mean? It's literally just a picture. But it's kind of nice to know that they're going to be worth something. But, like GameStop, the exchange rate is terrible. So, 100 silver trophies gives you 100 points. 25 gold trophies give you 250 points. And 10 platinums give you 1,000. For every 1,000, you get $10. Now, a platinum trophy on the PlayStation is you've done literally everything you can possibly do for you've trophies. Got it. That you've game. got you've all completed. the other trophies. Not, um, sometimes it doesn't even require you to complete the game. Sometimes it does. It depends on the trophy and it depends on the game. So there's there's difficult there's differences. So take a game like Skyrim, for instance, where good God, there's so much missions and everything to do. You gonna be there for a minute to finish that versus a game like I mean, I don't know, I'm gonna spit it out. I don't know if there's a like Tetris. Well that's the thing too. You gotta think of it this way. At the same time, if ten platinums get you ten dollars, ten platinums, that's ten games you had to play. If you're an open world person, that's you know, potentially ten Skyrims that you had to complete. You know what I mean? Long so time. it's not just a long time. It, it's it's somewhat fair if it makes you feel any better. I still think the exchange rate could be better, but you know what? It's a start. So that's kind of where we're at. So I'm glad that we have that start to kind of go in that way. Um, I thought Xbox had something similar, so I thought it was PlayStation copying Xbox, but I can almost guarantee you that in some in part in the near future, Xbox will do something similar. Theirs will probably be slightly better, which will lead PlayStation to compete, and that's how we get cool stuff. And apparently, I didn't know this, that um, Microsoft actually did like a rebate for your achievements at one point, and yep. they stopped it for some reason. I guess people were abusing it. 
and like beating Tetris. <laughs> so you never know. So, so I never it might know. be one of those cases where PlayStation will stop it. Or maybe, which is another thing that other people complain about, maybe PlayStation is actually going to do their due diligence and make sure that games are getting the correct trophies Ooh. as opposed to just crappy trophies. And there's nothing wrong with games like I Am Mayo, but there's a problem where you can get a platinum for I Am Mayo, a game that you can platinum in about half an hour about being mayonnaise. Yes, the game exists. And I feel like there's some kind of pun or <clears throat> the game exists, and and, and here's <laughs> how. Like, dude, okay, so I'm a kind of funny best friend. Anybody who knows kind of funny knows what that means. They are a group that used to be from IGN that started their own deal called Kind of Funny. Greg Miller, one of the biggest na- gamers in the freaking industry, his name is known literally everywhere, was plugging I am Mayo for God knows how long, and so I know the game exists, but I would not play it. But my point is, it's still going to take a lot of hustling to get even $10. You know what I mean? So, it's good. It's bad. We'll see how it turns out. All right. So, a little bit more that I wanted to go into some news. Uh, the next thing was BlizzCon. There's two major things that I p- wanted to go over, mainly because they're the biggest ones, the biggest announcements. Um, and that is, there's a new hero for Overwatch coming called Mora. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a new map for Overwatch that is going to, um, that is being called Blizzard World. So if you're an Overwatch player, I know there's a lot of people out there. That game is apparently amazing. I still need to check it out, but big news for you. The other set of news, I am actually going to play a clip from a friend of mine called oh, Alex yeah. Van Aken. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. He's part of the OK Beast uh, podcast network. Uh, his Twitter is it's Van Aken, I believe. I'll tweet it in a while. We'll say it right now. But I want to play this little video, a clip, where he found out the news that we're about to share. Uh, because it was just, like, you can tell the passion this guy has for this game, and it's freaking amazing. my house right now. Oh, my God. I am freaking pacing my house right now. Freaking Vanilla Wow just got announced at BlizzCon. I am going crazy i haven't even checked to see if it's real moises could be pranking me he's texting me right now oh my gosh holy crap freaking vanilla wow people holy cow oh my gosh i need money oh my god so if you didn't gather they're making a vanilla wow server that's right they're making a vanilla wow server so that you guys can uh go check it out for everybody vanilla wow has been something that everyone's been waiting for um alex has been talking about it for forever and how he's been wanting. And the funny thing is the last week on his show, uh, Pixel Pulse radio, they talked about how he just wants a vanilla wow. And then comes the following week and he gets the announcement and he freaked out. So thank you, Alex, for letting me play that clip. I, I found it too awesome to not share. If you want to follow Alex, or you want to go check out what he does uh, over there. It's uh, his Twitter is it's Van Aken. Or you can go to okbeast.com. So check them out. But yeah, vanilla servers. Oh, and there's also a new expansion that was released for that too. And there's also the new expansion, of course. This kind of tells me, I don't know how anyone else feels, but this tells me this that Blizzard's like, okay, we're done. Finally. Really? You think so? Yeah, I think this is the last expansion. I don't know if they confirmed it. I don't know if there's like... No, none of it has come out. But what makes you think that? Because they've gone full circle, just like how Microsoft went full circle with the Xbox One X. They've done all the expansions, they've done all the renovations, they've done all the patching, all the, and now they're like, you know what, people want a vanilla WoW, let's just round it out and do that and put this last one out, this last expansion out. Because how long, the, the game's been going for like, what, 
15 years, something like that. Dude, it's, it's been around a, a minute. Time. Been around a minute. And there's been millions of people who have played it. There's been billions or trillions of gold made, trolls slaughtered, pigs gutted, all that stuff. I think Blizzard's finally, it, sound, it feels like Blizzard's finally ready to move on. Do you to think they're winding else. down? Yeah. No. They're, they're either winding down or they're just preparing for the next big thing after a while okay. to draw people in. Because now, like... I'm personally, really... I'm personally hoping they go back to Warcraft. Yeah. I miss Warcraft. You, you can't play Warcraft 3 anymore, I don't think. Or something like no, that. you can still play Warcraft Is 3. It? But I believe yeah. you can only do it through private servers. Yeah, but, um... Because, like... I mean, come on. You can do a game for forever like that, but... Now they're at a point of stagnation where the only people that are playing WoW or the people that are coming into WoW are either old players or players that never stop playing. Yeah. There's but not you know really, what? I don't really hear a whole lot of like, oh, I just started playing WoW today. At That's least great. they're listening to – see, the way that I, th- I see it is not that they're done. It's that they're finally listening to players. Players have been wanting a vanilla server for years, and there are players that have been illegally playing the game who have openly said, I will pay for the game if you give me the servers. So it's good that they're going to be collecting on this, and you know they're going to be open for that. So if you're a, if you're a WoW player, enjoy. And um, to the rest of your family, I'm sorry that you won't see them for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's bye. Yeah, Toodles. pretty much. All right, so moving on. Good news for you, Brian, or at least what sounds like exciting news. Are you intrigued? I'm intrigued. Yeah, people can't hear you comb your mustache. Yes, I'm doing the classic, like, Kill Bill flick of the beard deal. (laughs) Anyway, Microsoft is shifting to make more in-house games or acquire more studios for first-party games. I mean, I saw that coming. I didn't mention it, but I saw it coming. I didn't see it coming, but you know what? Based on the discussion we had last week mm-hmm. about this is how Microsoft is going to line up to for the next console. Because, again... Catching up is going to be a pain in the butt. I don't think that it'll be possible. However, they're setting themselves up to have the best step forward coming next console cycle. To, to add to that a little bit, you don't throw, God, probably billions of dollars at the development of a new console like the Xbox One X, the most powerful home console to ever be made. And then just keep going the same route with all the games that you've been doing in the past. And we're like, the drawback and the, you know, not funding things. No, I see Microsoft as like, they took their first step in building a platform that could make groundbreaking work for games happen again. Yeah. For them. Because if you go all the way back, rewind just a little bit to the original Xbox where like Halo drops. And that was it for, like, shooters. Like, Halo blew up yeah. the shooter scene when it came on the ground. I agree. And it blew up the Xbox because of that. And that's been a driving title. Same with Gears of War. Uh, same with a couple other titles, you know, don't come to mind at the moment. But now they've got that platform again. That Xbox One X again where they can, like, really change the way the industry looks at games. See, I disagree with you that it's it's they're relying on the Xbox X because Phil Spencer has come on and said this console is for the niche player. This console is for the for the elite gamer, not for your everyday gamer. They fully are they're fully aware and expect to not sell that many based on the way Phil Spencer spoke. But one of the biggest things that Xbox has that has hurt Xbox is the lack of first title content or first party content. PlayStation, part of the reason they've done so well is because when PlayStation 4 came out, 
they had nothing but first party IP. And they tried to push that as much as they could. There were games, 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 games. They also were a big jump for all the indies. You know what I mean? So they had that leap where Xbox did not. So the fact that they're doing that now is, dude, it's great for Xbox. And I hope that it brings them a whole mess of new gamers. And I hope that they come out with some really cool games. And if they do, maybe I'll even consider getting an Xbox. And you know? I'll say a lot of things is pushing people in that direction for what you're talking about is a lot of the the um, the uh, indie the indie titles that are coming out for yep. them that are development like Player One Battlegrounds. Or Player Unknown Battlegrounds. Player Unknown Battlegrounds. That's, that's an Xbox exclusive. Or as it's known in the industry, Brian, PUBG. Whatever, it's player unknown <laughs> Come on. What are you gonna do with those extra seconds you just saved? Anyways. Yeah, move on. There's you got that, you got Cuphead, you got there's there's a lot of games that are being driven into the Xbox to go along with the release of the Xbox One X. Which by the way, people say it's expensive, but it's the exact same price as the original Xbox One it released. Yeah, but it's still it, it's still too expensive though. A and PlayStation I, 4 Pro is like over a hundred dollars cheaper. And Xbox One S is $100 cheaper. There's The holidays are coming, and there's going to be bundles for both the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One S, and they're going to be cheaper. But the Xbox X is not. The Xbox One X is going to be 100% full price. That's already been confirmed by Microsoft that there will not be a holiday bundle or a holiday bundle that's going to bring the price down. And while I agree with the... With the, uh, you know how, like, yeah, yeah, this is a niche console for people who are only committed to gaming. Yeah. I think it's like a uh, a catalyst. There you go. That's the word that I'm looking for. Even though that it is that expensive console, it's the catalyst for the drive for Microsoft to make those games that I was talking about. The ones, like, you know, who knows? Halo 6 is coming, apparently, at some point. Maybe that'll be the new shooter to revolutionize shooters. Because right now, I'm with you with the independent... Uh, or the sole console titles. Yeah. The only one that comes to mind that Microsoft has the best of is Forza. Forza's the best racer. Bar none, rated. Oh, rated well, the best racer. And, and until not, Gran Turismo comes out and then the debate starts Turismo's all already over. out and it floundered when it came out. I can tell you that just from the experience I've seen. Did it, it already come out? Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's and out. I guess that's how bad it did. I didn't even yeah. notice. It was, it's, it's, it's online. I, I it's online it all only. Back. From what I told, a lot of the stuff you have to do is only online. There's no like, <laughs> You know, like, oh, I'm going to race and unlock these cars. But Forza is the best racer rated for the last, God, I don't know how many years. Uh, So this. That's it. (laughs) That's all they got. So this decision is going to do nothing but bring things up. Mm -hmm. So So we'll see how Microsoft sits next year this time. Yeah, we'll do the. And then again, we'll see whether I eat crow or Brian does. We'll see. Um, All right. So (laughs) the last. So the last. Then I guess nobody's eating it. Hey! Um, Then the last one. Last bit of news for today. Uh, Pokemon Ultra News, Brian. You said you had something. Yep, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon. Uh, Game Freak just released a new trailer that has like everybody that's been paying attention to this game or anyone that is a Pokemon game fan hyped. And there's two reasons why. One, Team Rocket with Giovanni's back. Nice. They're called Rainbow Rocket now. But the reason that they're called is because it's literally all of the main bad guys from every generational game is in there with Giovanni driving. Interesting. Yes. Nice. So they're all there. Um, that else? one was was pretty stoked news because they're big baddies. And Giovanni has like 
Mewtwo. And it, is and it, it has this, a Mega Evolution. This is for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Ultra or? Sun and Ultra Moon. Nice. So that was a, that was the first big like, whoa, we get to beat on all the baddies that we've beat on for the last couple decades. To- uh, again, finally. And they're all they've all got like their original looks from the first games and their Pokemon teams and all that. That's pretty sick. The one that got me like, oh my god, I'm I'm gonna die playing this game like Why? so much. Legendaries. You can now catch every legendary from the last generations in this Dude, generation. That, that's too. a pretty big that's, that's a pretty a big deal. Fat. And there is uh there's only a few that are game specific. Like there's some for X, there's some for or there, dang it. There's some for Sun, there's some for Moon. Uh like Sun you can catch uh Xerneas from X and Y, and Moon you can catch Yvital. And if you catch both of them, you can get Zygarde. Uh without like there's certain ones that unlock and then there's other ones where you don't like the legendary birds are just the legendary birds. You can get them in both games. Yeah. Uh that that alone like got me so excited because now you've got that nostalgia factor going back to it. Yep. I remember hunting all three of the legendary birds in the in the Kanto region game. And love that. And now I get to go back and do it. And you can get Ho oh you can get Lugia, you can get freaking Suicune, all that stuff from the old games and going forward. Like, Game Freak is really doing it up for the 3D, the last copy of Pokemon for 3DS. They're really getting, they're leaving it on a good note so that it's going to be a strong release for the Switch in a fresh start. That's what I'm seeing is like they're doing, they're, they're pulling all the stops out. That's pretty cool. That's pretty that. cool. And it got us really stoked for that. I can say I've heard a lot of Pokemon fans like, oh, I get to catch my, my Kyogre and all that. Nice. I, I didn't really play that game to where I could get to Kyogre, so... I'm excited I get to catch him. Sweet. Or Groudon. You know, whatever floats your boat. All right, that basically covers our news section. So with that, Brian, we're going to go into the parenting topic of the week. And again, this is your week. You're the evened week, essentially. Right now you're landing on even numbers. So go ahead, Brian, present your topic. How'd you get him to eat? That's basically the only way I could put it. Because I feel like everybody goes through that phase with their kids where it's like... Ah, broccoli is the devil. Crucify it. <laughs> Crucify all vegetables. <laughs> the kids just, like, for some reason, they think the, the darn carrots are possessed and they don't want to touch them. So, in my experience... Are uh, you able to find a solution or are you still dealing with there's, the there, I mean, it's, it's going to be an ongoing thing. That's what I've learned. But uh, <laughs> some of the things that I've experienced and learned is that, for one, uh, our son Nolan... Is man dinner time every night's a freaking chore to just get him to eat something because we're not we we don't typically make him his own meal anymore we stopped doing that we're making him the same thing that we're eating you're gonna eat it maybe modified a little bit because like we both like spicy food yeah that that's helped us so. a bit and that's helped him out because now he feels like he's you know on the same playing field as us but it's still. A chore to get him to, he's like, Ugh, I don't like blah, blah, blah. One thing that we learned, we just bought him multivitamins and he's been eating them and now, like, he sucks down. It's crazy. Like, <laughs> he's eating all his food because he's of the eating his food. Like, the vitamins Interesting. perked up. I don't know if it changed his metabolism or what. I guess there was like a nutrient deficiency that we weren't giving him in his food that he needed to stimulate because uh, it might have been that he just he wasn't hungry. It could have been. Sat down. We. We've gone through the same issues with both boys. 
where AJ is usually giving us a problem when it comes to food for mainly because, okay, our oldest AJ has ADHD. His medicine suppresses his hunger. So forget about AJ eating lunch whenever he's had his medication. It's just not going to happen. So it's one of those cases where we've had that issue. We have since stopped making him his own food because we used to do that when he was younger just to make sure he ate because he was just not eating and he needed to put on weight. So we were just kind of, you know, whatever he would eat. And we are now working a little bit toward, you know, you're going to eat what we have for dinner. We're not going to make you a special meal. If it's a meal that my wife and I know he's not going to eat or it's too, like, we're not going to make him eat escargot. You know what I mean? If that were the case, if that's what we're having for dinner, then, yeah, I'll make you chicken nuggets. It's fine. (laughs) But he has improved a lot. And it's one of those cases where I think it it does help where, at least with AJ, he's nine years old. The logic you can use is, look, we're eating this for dinner. You're going to have the same. There's no reason for us to make another meal. So that has helped with us in our end. With JC, the baby, that has been a hit or miss lately. And lately, it's just one of those cases where he may not just be hungry. So usually what we've been doing lately and what we've been able to find that helps us with him is just kind of like set the food there and he's eventually going to eat. Another thing that helped us is we were doing the um, stereotypical Simpsons dinner where you're like eating, like sitting on the couch, watching TV type of thing. We stopped that. We, We are now eating at the dining room table. And that has helped tremendously because we're not as distracted by the TV. Even if we have the TV on, there there's a little more focus because you're sitting at the table. You know what I mean? So that has helped us tremendously, dude. And I think for, for us, uh, yeah, we were having the similar things. Uh, Killian, Killian's great. Um, but the cool thing is that he doesn't like it when we feed him. Oh, he's at the he, stage he, where he, he wants to eat to himself. He just eat by himself. So you put yeah. like you know, some eggs or something on his little tray and he'll just pick at it and, you know, a good 80% of it ends up on the floor anyways, but whatever. <laughs> well, um, I think one thing that we're going to need to change that I think will really help out on our end is the way that we sit at the dining room table. Because if you could picture a rectangle and I normally sit on the short end of one side of the rectangle and then Maria's on one side and uh, Nolan's sitting on the other. So we've got like kind of the the classic cup shape where I'm the base of the cup and there are yeah. the sides. Killian will sit on the corner in between me and Maria. Now, if you can see that, Nolan is basically singled out on his own. Yeah. And I'm real. I'm realizing that he doesn't like that, and he acts out more when he's not doesn't feel included. In general, we, the way we do it, just to make sure that we we essentially split up parent duties. To make sure that both kids are eating. So CC would sit next to JC, and then I sit next to AJ. And that's uh, basically what's helped. So, like, essentially, sorry. across from AJ will be JC, across from me will be CC, and then we each are kind of responsible for our own, you know, for a kid during dinner. Uh, and that's basically how, how we've gotten it to work, man. And I think that'll really help help me us as well. But uh, one thing I want to do is get a smaller round dining room table. So where it's kind of like, you know, the classic King Arthur thing. (laughs) Everybody's equal. It'll keep me closer to him and keep him closer to his mom. But it'll also be like, you know, he's not just 
pushed off to one side of the table where he can just do his own thing. Yeah. And I think that'll really help him too, but no, it's going to take money for us to actually pick up the stinking table to do it. What do you mean? I thought that people just showed up at stores and said, hi, my name is yeah, so-and-so. Right. And like, just, that's I, what my parents told me when I was growing was up. Lie, and that's, it was all a lie. They what? It was a lie. I'm Your sorry, what? lied to you. They what? They lied to you. They what? Mama Sylvia. <laughs> Mama Sylvia. Lied to you. <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, guys, with that, we're coming up on the end of our episode. Thank you for joining us so far. But, of course, before we leave and before we sign off, we got to go to the eternal cheat code of the day. Cheat code number four. four. Cheat code number four comes to you for this week again. Evens week. It's Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And cheat code number four is let them do the thing, achievement unlocked. All right, so. Basically what that is is. <clears throat> through life you get all these people that tell you don't do it don't do it don't do it don't 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 okay so by the time we get adults we don't want to do anything because uh you know it's you're not supposed to do it so with the kids you know just let them do it don't tell them don't as long as it's not going to cause them bodily harm let them experiment and learn on their own for one it's going to keep that drive that hunger to just want to go out and do everything you possibly can, which I think is something to admire in a lot of people and something I admire because I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you, you look at a lot of the, the more interesting people out there and they 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 do everything. They're not they scared. They're fearless. The fearlessness in the child to do whatever. So, like, you know, if he's pulling himself up on that coffee table for the first time, let him fall a little bit. Not like obviously like fall through the coffee table. And all. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm like, in agreement with you to a level, and I'll tell like, you why. And and here's where the, the the cheat code I think applies dependent on age and maturity of your child. And you're gonna know your own yeah, child because yeah, here's a- here's my issue with Joshua, for example, with JC. <clears throat> so he knows no fear because we have let him do things. You know what I mean? We don't. We never stopped him from exploring the house. We never stopped him from opening drawers. We kept an eye out to make sure which drawers he was opening, but we never really stopped him. Here's the problem now. Now he thinks he's freaking Superman, and he's, like, jumping off of couches, climbing up the fences, doing this and that. And it's like, dude, you're, you're not even two. Just calm down. Just calm it down. <laughs> so it's a great thing. Just keep an eye <laughs> Keep yeah, with temp- temper it with a thought of, is this going to maim my child permanently? <clears throat> okay, I should probably stop him. Yeah. But maybe not with the don't, because the, the fun fact, the human mind at an adult level doesn't register don't. So if you go, I'm, don't forget your keys, don't forget your keys, don't forget your keys, don't forget your keys. What do you forget? Your keys. <laughs> <laughs> you forget your keys. Oh, uh, you know, and a lot of don'ts, people don't register don't. You know, like, hey, don't fax that to this guy. Oh, fax it to this guy. Here's the funny thing. I did that all morning this morning. Don't forget the laptop. Yeah. Don't forget the laptop. Don't forget the... What did I do? Forget? I forgot the laptop. You forgot the laptop. Your mind doesn't <laughs> register don't. And it's it's a learned behavior from your childhood. You hear don't so much, it just phases out. Tell them in a different way. That's what I'm learning here. Like, hey, if you were going to do something like that, maybe try it this way instead. That way you don't lose an arm. 
And with that, that brings us to the end of this episode for our fourth episode. Thank you, Brian, for Chico number four. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, remember to check us out. Well, actually, where can we follow you, Brian? You still don't have social media. You need to get Twitter. Uh, for right now, Gaming Dad yeah, on you, Facebook. All right, so re- I was about to get that. So Jeez. go check us out on the Facebook group, uh, facebook.com backslash gamingdad101. Make sure to check out our Twitter at Geek and Cast and check out our website for this and other shows. Right now we have Control C. We have other shows coming. Again, that's Twitter, Geek and at Geek and Cast and GeekandCast.com. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us for this week. Um, I'm Chris, signing off. Y'all have a good day. Now you're here. Yeah, yeah. Say bye, Killian. Bye, Killian. Bye.